Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Well, another roundup, uh, <laughs> another guest, uh, more technical difficulties, but we are overcoming them. Cody is, you're in a vehicle right now, Cody? Yeah, I sit for an hour and 15 minutes in Colorado Springs to Denver traffic and to make this podcast pulled off underneath an overpass and uh, am hot spotting off my phone. So we'll see how this That goes. is dedication. That Absolutely. is dedication. And just to make sure uh, we have the full picture, your wife is not in the vehicle with you. No, she informed me where to pull off because there's a cocktail bar right behind my car that she is in. Yeah. She's in full vacation mode. We're driving to the Denver airport to fly to Belize. Um, and so, yeah, I think my wife has uh, checked out and is in full vacation mode already. <laughs> so um, just to make sure that we were putting a disclaimer, Blood Origins as a 501c3 is not paying for your vacation to Belize. Not, not true. That's not how I looked at it at all. I was, it's uh, I'm fully expecting to expense everything, including Avery's bill in this cocktail bar right here. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. I'll, I'll be sure to look at those receipts. Um, Which might break the bank. It may break the bank. Correct. Um, and then we have obviously, instead of being called Anna, Anna V, seems like your name is nice moonwalker. Um, but Anna, welcome to the roundup. Well, thank you. We're excited to have you. And I promise, I did promise you today that I was not going to start this conversation like I started the last conversation that we had, which was asking you a very pointed question. Or you should say the last recorded conversation because the unrecorded conversation or the non-recorded conversations, you still push my buttons. Well, it's something <laughs> that I tend to do very well. And if yeah. nobody has ever seen the Anna V blood origins episode do yourself a favor it's one of our favorites 
And um, we come flying out of the gate with a question to Anna V, which was, Anna, would you like to ask the, ask the question? No reason to revisit that. Well, I'll revisit it then. <laughs> I, we, uh, we asked you Anna. You just promised you wouldn't. You literally eight seconds ago said, I won't do this. If I wasn't so far away, I'd be with Cody's wife at the bar right now. I will not say it, and I will let everyone go and look at your Blood Origins episode so that they can get the uh, experience. And whilst you're there, Cody, subscribe to our YouTube channel, right? Absolutely, please. That's my job, and I'm poor at it. Please, we need a lot more YouTube subscribes. Yeah, so all my all my listeners or followers or supporters need to join it because I'm inspired daily by your post. and. Yes. And the people that, you know, may have never even have had a bird dog or have anything to do with what I'm doing, we all still have such a common heart that I absolutely just look forward to your videos. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we, um, we do videos and posts. If you're not familiar with what we do, if you listen to this podcast and haven't followed us, uh, video content is what we do best. <clears throat> but we also like to punch celebrities in the mouth. And um, two days ago, or was it yesterday, Cody, that we climbed into someone's social media page that had 6.1 million followers. Yep. And I decided to punch way above our weight class and uh, punched a couple of people in the mouth that had a couple of million followers. Um, but it was well worth it because here's the thing, right? A lot of people ask us, we are Blood Origins is built for the non-hunting audience. And a lot of people ask us, well, how do you know you're reaching the non-hunters? I can guarantee you with that 6.1 million follower count, our post was seen by, let's just say 10,000 people. 99% of which were non-hunters. Yeah, if not, and we sold us, if not anti-hunters. Yeah, and we so sold give me an example because I missed this. Catch me up. Okay, so this guy, this guy's Instagram is the real Tarzan with two N's at the end. 6.1 million. He posted a bunch of pictures, trophy pictures, and it was promising to end trophy hunting because he had a better way to save wildlife. And I was like, mm, yeah, you've got it all backwards. And so anyway, we, we had a little back and forth. And um, in that back and forth, just like you know, we spoke with emotion, we spoke very gentlemanly, and we spoke with facts. And you know, of 10,000 people that probably saw the comment, we sowed seeds of doubt probably into a couple that said, oh, maybe we need to look in this, into this a little bit more, research a little bit more. I love that because today it's almost like people have such a hard time making decisions on their own. They have to have somebody tell them how to think. So you've always encouraged people to seek out their own truth by experience. 100%. Well, um, Cody, what do we have to kick off in terms of admin? Because we do terrible job of Blood Origins admin. What was the thing? There was a thing, too. There was a thing that this I think you job, up. This is your job. No, 100% it is. And I failed it this week. Um, Admin-wise, join the supporters program. <laughs> <laughs> no, what yes, was join the supporters program. No, it was join the supporters program because we have, obviously, a new slate of cool things to give away. We have a custom knife out of Minnesota that's almost like this medieval knife that has, you can choose the style, you can choose the wood, you can choose whether it's patinaed or etched or hammered. We have a Montana knife uh, of a Blackfoot that is going to be sold out on the 15th of June, and we will have the only one left until the fall. We have a quail hunt in Mississippi, Anna V, that we're giving away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where would that and be? When? Where? Uh, it'll be at Little Q Ranch outside of Oxford, Mississippi. Maybe we can uh, get Anna V to join the quail hunt. Yeah, that would be amazing. So much fun. Or maybe we should figure out a quail hunt or some sort of hunt with you. Yeah. And put that in the supporters program. Okay. Uh, what Let's else? We've we got the launch, the launch of the conservation club where we gonna we have that in the notes. Um, that we're launching our corporate conservation club, um, kind of a way for, uh, we've had interest. We, we, we do a lot of responsive things where people have, have asked how can they, what can they, corporations and businesses have asked, how can they be a part of giving on a regular basis to our mission? 
Um, so our corporate conservation club will go up here, um, reoccurring um, potential for reoccurring corporations to give a fully tax deductible donation to blood origins on a monthly basis. Um, and we have some we have some founding members in that established that will be excited to get up and and put on the website. And if you as a uh, organization are looking for a credibly righteous cause to give money to on a monthly basis and receive a tax deduction for, please reach out to us. We'll get you signed up for that or get you the link. The link will be up on the website soon. Yeah, if it's not live already, um, by the time this podcast gets, it's definitely going to be live. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, conservation club for corporate for corporations and companies. There you go. Admin out of the way. Let's get to the meat of this sucker. Well, uh, Anna, you want to um, introduce yourself? I know we haven't really given you an opportunity to introduce introduce yourself. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everyone how wonderful you are. We can do that, but we prefer that you do it. Um, I'm Anna V with Anna V Outdoors. I'm a wing shooting instructor and a bird dog trainer in Georgia. Uh, I would also say that you're a badass. You are a phenomenal shot. Uh, you have incredible daughters that you're raising in the outdoors, both of which can shoot. Uh, the youngest, Tater, is six or she's seven. Seven now. Well, you know, we, we are yeah. seven and she runs her own dogs and um, is almost following in your footsteps, really. Yeah, she got her first pheasant last season. She's loving that Rossi 410. She talks about it all the time. <laughs> a good plug for Rossi. Uh, maybe they can donate a 410 to the supporters program. Yeah, I've never met them, so we should get. We should get. It would be up. great. I need to. I need to get Tater on the phone with them. She would really enjoy getting to oh chat God. it up with that company. She would chat up. She would be a chatty Kathy. She's actually um, got a review posted on her Instagram at Bird Dog Tater about the Rossi. 410 single shot with a pistol grip she's have, pretty watched it. she's pretty detailed about it <laughs> it, is, it is quite um it's quite hilarious <laughs> yeah all right well given that we have uh an hour to talk uh why don't we just dive into we have a number of headlines that have hit the outdoor industry space this week and what we typically like to do anna is turn it over to you to choose the article that you'd like us to start with. Okay, the one that like burned me up the most. In a good way or a bad way, I guess. Or you like the most or... Um... Let's see here. Okay, well, the one that I liked the most, um, and we can shine a positive light on New York. Heck yeah. Heck like yeah. That. It's about time, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. I was like, oh my gosh, good news out of New York. <laughs> okay, so they have opted in lowering the youth hunting age from, uh, what was that, 14 with um, an experienced hunter of three years to 12. So, I mean, I'm just going to admit, I don't really know what that age is here in Georgia. I'm not sure anybody really does. So if your kid's responsible with with a gun and can hold it up, they get to go. And that's just been the mindset down here. So it's awesome to see that people are um, investing in the youth because we know that's where it starts. So yeah, opening up opportunities. You know, the adults, the adults are more committed when the youth want to go and, and everybody has a good time. And, and um, as a parent, we all know that it's more enjoyable to watch them respect the outdoors and we we love it more so i'm excited to see that new york is jumping on board yeah it's always good to have open uh you know whenever we see opportunities for hunting expand we don't get to celebrate that very often um and just to be clear this wasn't a statewide lowering of the minimum age but rather two counties orange orange and sullivan counties well i thought that it said that um they were leaving it up to the county to decide, but did 20 out of the 55? A provision tucked into the state budget enabled 54 counties to enact laws, adding 12 and 13 year olds to the state's junior hunting program, now limited to ages 14 and 15. So you are correct. 
yeah. It looks like Orange and Sullivan were the first to undertake the, that. And what I liked about it was that the lawmakers, it wasn't even close, right? It wasn't even like a 10-9 split. It was 19-2 to two in favor. Yeah, and it was so great to see that momentum pick up. You know, it just carried. So hopefully, you know, people will still go to their local governments and push for a change. My my pessimistic, negative Nancy self, I, 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 the whole thing's great. I'm absolutely convinced that everyone that voted for it just wanted more licensing money. They just wanted to expand that that with New York's budget right now, that that's the reason that they probably did it, which is horrible of me to, to make that assumption. But I do think it's great. I think that when you limit it and you have people who stick to that law of they can't do it until they're 14, nowadays kids are going to be involved. Their time is going to be consumed by the time they're 14. I mean, it's going to be soccer or up in New York, it's going to be lacrosse and and all of a sudden, those things have built up 14 years of priority over getting into the outdoors. So um, I can promise you. You're I was, exactly right. I was half that. That is that a pet of mine as being a. Yeah, no, mine as well, that there's so many things out there that whether it's computers or. And I'm, I'm a big fan of youth sports, but kids can get so wrapped up in it and their free time be consumed by it. Um, I was half that age when I shot my first i mean i i wasn't big i honestly ended up on my ass when i pulled the trigger of the shotgun to shoot my first duck and and uh but that that's what i wanted to do i i played sports but i played sports because my friends were playing them and was mad if i missed time in a duck blind to do it um and i think that as people have as these ages have risen um over the years that uh, and there's a lot of states where you're starting to see um you know in kansas for a while they had a rule that you had to be 14 and then uh, two years later they just stuck in unless you're accompanied so 14 became the on your own age um wow and and uh I'm, i'm glad to see it i i think that there's we run a huge i think that the decline in hunting has a lot to do with these minimum ages and kids and even parents getting wrapped up in dance or cheerleading or football or whatever else it is. And not intentionally, but unintentionally, the kid's time in the outdoors really suffers. Um, And, uh, you know, maybe this is a step in the right direction. Maybe you just inspired me to start a new organization. There you go. So, the only way to make it cool, right, is to bring it to the school. So kids need a bragging place. They need a club. They need a sponsor place where they can go talk about their weekend and have that support system and the camaraderie like they're getting from a team. Yeah, Absolutely. I would say the other way to make it cool is for us to get our own cadre of celebrities that these kids look up to and those celebrities go, hey, I hunt. They're like, oh, you hunt? You're my idol. Okay, that must be cool. Hunting must be cool. Yeah. But like he said, like the times are taken up. If you are playing middle school, high school sports, it's not just the team. It's then you've got your um, private lessons or your private coach and then your travel team. And so it just consumes your whole life, which is, I mean, JC kind of did that to me with horses. She didn't play a school sport, but she did it with horses. And so luckily Tater loves bird dogging. So we're homeschooling and I'm going to live it up. All right, I got the next one. I got okay. the next one because I found it today and I thought it was freaking brilliant. Okay. Um, the the article title, and when you open it up, oh, yeah. the article title says, Adorable porpoises are surprisingly good at pack hunting. Drone video reveals. <laughs> and it was almost like, really? Did we really? Did, we didn't know that dolphins are good at, at hunting, at pack hunting. So it was almost like this idea, like, is this something really that we we didn't know, number one? But number two, that the fact that they put sort of emotive language of adorableness in the same sentence, as in the same title as hunting. And what I just noticed, there's a couple of things that is, that's cool about this article. It was, it was put on Drone DJ. Obviously, there's a bunch of drones uh, stories that get put on this website. 
but the little um there's always like a little title that comes up in the tab or the handle of the web page and that doesn't say adorable porpoises it actually says cutesy porpoises are surprisingly good at pack hunting so i'm just like wow they're using these like terms that the anti-hunters use for these animals that are hunting and and killing essentially but what's the best part about this article i don't know did you watch the video at all i didn't no so in the whole article it talks about how they're they're they've created these these roles there's the outer swimmer there's the inner swimmer there's the striker there's the the shepherd the shepherd and then there's the spear the, right the spear yes did you see I any of that in the drone video no, Cody? none of those <laughs> things i'm gonna watch it now you know and that's the whole thing is that they take animals even even the bear could be put in this category right where people that don't spend time in the outdoors or whatever just us they just create a character so people think of a dolphin well that's who we swim with when we go on vacation it's a treat you know it's a it's a memory of just swimming with a dolphin well that dolphin is living in captivity it's not even living in its natural habitat you know they don't think about that there's not a flip side to it it just should be a zoo animal yeah, there was another uh, grizzly attack in uh, Yellowstone today, or ye maybe it happened yesterday. But on my new, on my new, like I'm, I'm searching for adorable grizzly has become incredibly good at attacking human beings. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I, it blows my mind that people are that removed. Like I, I subscribe yeah. to this Instagram account called Nature Is Metal. And please, it's really not like children probably. I mean, it is, it's an entire Instagram account with millions of followers dedicated to showing that really savage things happen in nature. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's bugs, but then other times, you know, they have some of the most incredible footage of jaguars killing what I guess are actually caimans in jaguar country, right? Or I was going to say yeah. alligators, but I think they're Cayman. If there's a jaguar there, they're in Cayman country. But it, it's amazing to me how removed <laughs> people have gotten from, from the, you know, that lady in Yellowstone two weeks ago that got out of her car and walked to like 30 yards from a grizzly, you know, to get that perfect picture. And then the thing charged her. I, I don't. I don't, I don't understand people. I don't understand how that, how that animal is not something that you stay in your dang car if it's that close to you, but we're not just even just that. The, my parents were in Yellowstone. This is one of the funniest stories that we love to continue to tell about my parents. And they were at some restaurant and they came out and all the elk had just filtered into the parking lot, right? It's around everybody's cars. And so, uh, my mom would say she's not the most athletic person, right? Well, they started getting charged and my dad just totally left her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just took off. And so, you know, you don't, you don't think about it because everybody's painted a picture that we have to put them on a pedestal or that they're, you know. Well, what you get when you're watching animal behavior, and this is the reason why I picked the article, right? The article had a, it had a crazy headline. It had a crazy title. But it pointed to the idea that has been sort of fostered in TV and network productions, which is this. And we had a podcast with uh, Keith Somerville out of the UK. They've created soap operas. They've created soap operas around wildlife. They name wildlife. They make it. They anthropomorphize wildlife. And then even like with Big Cat Diaries, they create family units and they create tension in TV. Like, oh, my gosh, is the cub going to survive? Or is the big male going to kill it kind of deal? And is the leopard family going to be okay when the lion family interacts with it? That, that's not reality, but that's what sells. That's what TV, you know, that's what sells on TV. And if, unfortunately, for people that are disconnected from the real nature, that's what they believe it to be. Yeah, it's crazy. It's Well, it's easier for them to accept if they haven't walked in the shoes of you know, really experiencing the outdoors anyways. So they've already, they've already taken the easy road of acceptance that, but what kills me is how they broke down 
the um, responsibilities within this group of the the porpoise group and the responsibilities as a hunter, right? So they even identified their hunting job. So they're answering their own question and ignoring their own knowledge. Mm-hmm. That was like, you remember on the internet, maybe a couple years ago, there was this picture of a wolf pack, the meme that went around and there, there was maybe like 12 wolves in this. And someone did that, talked about how they put the older wolves in the middle to protect them. And they made, and then it came out that the whole thing was just made up. Like none of, none of that stuff was even remotely true about the wolf pack. Someone had just made, and everyone in the world believed they had this super intense battle plan every time they walked down the road. And I think that uh, I'm, I firmly believe that making animals, and some animals are very intelligent. I'm not taking the route of their dumb animals, but that's another thing that we do is, is try to make them so human-like in their thinking that, that people have this weird you know, they think they're, they they have human features to them and the Disney movies that make them and, and, uh, nature is metal who I have no idea who those people are. I don't know what organ that's an organization. I don't know anything about it, but it's a great Instagram account to bring you back to the realization that, uh, nature can be a pretty savage thing. Um, when it, you know, survival of the fittest becomes actually eating the other things even if you're an adorable porpoise. Hunted or be hunted. Hunt right. or be hunted. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Cody, give us another one. Um, I, uh, I will. I need to admit that I don't think the article gave me the, or I didn't in my quick scan catch it. Um, but this initiative 13 in Washington state is a, uh, is a kind of a scary thing to me. Seems like a a truly extreme piece of legislation. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, what we call um, death of a thousand cuts legislation. This looks like a death by a B-52 bombing legislation right here. It's not a thousand cuts. It's a, um, they're just like, you can't hurt any, animal ever even concerns about if you killed a rat on your property that it would be against the law yep. um yeah my concern is who in the world wrote this who presented oh, this I, I mean we you need to pray that for is. you know who that is <laughs> to pray for them. it's it's hsus and it's peter and it's all those guys pushing behind the scenes look i you know when i read it it read exactly petition 13. So what we're talking about is an article that says farming hunting groups band together to oppose initiative petition 13 in Washington state in which uh, would remove most exemptions for farming, ranching and hunting under the state's animal abuse laws. And what it goes down to is it pretty much says, as Cody says, that under Oregon law, a person commits animal abuse if they intentionally, knowingly or recklessly cause physical injury to an animal or cruelly cause death of an animal. And it has exemptions built into that law specifically for good animal husbandry, and that would disappear. So this measure would strip away protections for hunting, for fishing, for rodeos, for slaughtering livestock, wildlife management, pest control, scientific research, and more. Oh, it goes to the extreme that says it would classify breeding livestock as sexual abuse of an animal. So this is how radical the anti-hunting, anti-use, anti-meat movement is. And when I read it, it's the same thing I read in the state of Victoria in Australia. The Animal Justice Party brought forward a piece of, a change to the Animal Welfare Act of the state of Victoria in Australia that brought forward animal sentience. And you would think that that is something new, but actual animal sentience has been put into EU law, it's been put into New South Wales law in South, in Australia, in the Australian Capital Territories law in Australia. And this sentience piece, this law that they wanted to change, Animal Welfare Act law in Australia, was to do going to do the exact same thing. It was going to target fishing, recreational fishing. Uh, it was going to target farmers. It's going to target farming. It was going to target everything, pest control. It was 
it, 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 I don't know the outcome because there was a big, um, um, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It was an investigation. It was a report and a petition for um, information, essentially. But yeah, this is scary. This is really scary. Like Cody said, this is not death by a thousand cuts. This is a machete blow across the jugular. But how is this even reality? I mean, what are we supposed to do with, with no farming animals? How are we supposed to survive as humans? To them, that's how they believe that they, you can. How? You can eat soy. A lot of broccoli. Lots of broccoli. Come on, Anna. Let's just be honest for a second. Let's be honest for a second with the audience. Can you be honest for the audience for a second? You are you eat tofu and soy most nights in Georgia, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Should we throw in there that we have beef cows too? Just throw that in there. Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, I, I think we need to follow it. Um, we'll keep an eye on Petition 13. But, you know, honestly, let's look at the positive. If there is a positive to take from it. I think it's about time that the farming, ranching community and hunting align and come together because it's it's a monstrous mm, base. It's a big, big base with lots of money, lots of lobbying power. And um, that's what's happened. In, again, I'll use Australia as an example. Australia has the shooting fishing and farming party a political party that is for agriculture shooting and hunting and fishing well you know some states do overlap and a lot i mean as a wing shooting instructor and traveling in the horse world and having cows it seems like i i meet a lot of wing shooters upland hunters that have one or the other in some way i'm not going to say that they have a full farm you know maybe they just show or something but there's a lot of overlap there that is not maximized with knowledge and efforts and then um, i've also worked uh the texas wildlife um, association um is overlapping those same people so they do need to uh pull their knowledge together and use it to benefit each other yeah being behind the argument that animals are a a resource that need managed and maintained um and i don't know what you would i mean like the silly questions like what would just happen to all the cows like what would you do with all the cows if if we just stopped eating them what would you do there's a lot of cows like 93 93 million cattle in the United States. And, uh, I don't, I don't understand how you would could possibly think you were going to feed the people of Washington state, let alone the world. Um, if you decided that any type of animal husbandry was sexual abuse. Well, yeah. And then, you know, just to go back to (laughs) overlapping, you know, they're, they're big landowners. There's just so much there to that. Um, piece of combining the farming, ranching, and then the hunting um, industries together. But you're right. That's what I'm sitting here reading. There's, I'm trying to think, okay, how do we even meet this in the middle? Like literally, like I'm a team player usually, but I got nothing. This seems to me like a complete, like someone had a strategy session and they said, let's shoot for the moon and hope we get to the clouds. Like it, it, it may actually be a death by a thousand cuts thing because when you try to meet in the middle and say like, okay, your plan is stupid. What can we do to appease you? That's where the thousand cuts come in. Um, and I don't, uh, I just wish there was more common sense in the world. I spend a lot of time with these articles saying, I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I don't get what you think could possibly happen if this thing were to pass um, and how many lives would be ruined, how many people would be hungry and how many animals would be left unattended to, uncared for. Um, but I don't know how you figure it out. We just put it out there in the world and we try to give people an argument back and facts to counter the argument and, and keep trying to educate people is all I know to do. I mean, could you imagine Atlanta traffic during rush hour because there was a herd of cows on 85? Yeah. (laughs) 
and nobody cared. Nobody's going to come get them either. I mean, what do you, you know, right? Well, you can't touch them because you're going to go to jail, and there's going to be so many people there with their cell phones waiting to video you trying to get them out of the way so you can move on right. with your life. Yeah, you guys are laughing. You are laughing, but in India, that is the case. In India, feral cows are not allowed to be slaughtered, so they just let them go. Dogs, you cannot euthanize a dog. You cannot do anything with a dog. You can't. They're, they're, they have a feral dog. Yeah, but why can't we look at the fact that India is probably, if not the worst, one of the worst locations for human wildlife conflict in the world because of their policies? Why can't we look at it and how many, I mean, it's, it's real, like people getting killed on a very, very rate. We make a huge deal about it in the United States. If wildlife kills a person, it makes the major news in India. They don't even make the local newspaper anymore because it happens so much. Why can't we look at those examples and go, okay, maybe this whole managing them with lethal means when necessary is it's working it's working nobody ever dies from wildlife in the united states you can almost say never and we have a lot of wildlife for people to enjoy and i i don't get why you know it's the same thing with south africa and, and attacking the way they're doing it over there it it's it's working it's going very well for everyone um, so why do you need to put your time and money and effort behind initiative petition 13? It's, I don't understand it. I don't either. I don't understand how people have that much time on their hands to even write such nonsense. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> go, go, go mow your neighbor's grass or something. <laughs> oh gosh. I could use a, another hand training. Come on to Georgia. We'll put you to work. All right, let's. Uh, we got a couple more to get through. Um, the I think one of the articles that I thought would get a lot more traction. Um, and I don't know the research. I did a little bit, but I couldn't find it. Was the I the the discovery of CWD in Texas in whitetail deer? Okay. Well, um, who wrote that? Was it? It was the Huffington Post, right? Wasn't that? Was the Huffington Post? That's correct. So, isn't the the writer the guy that specializes in in immigration voting rights? Uh, maybe, um, but he, you know, he it was a fairly straightforward article. Hey, there are a couple of deer that have been that have tested positive for CWD. They came from a breeding facility. Um, they talked to the Texas Parks and Wildlife guy in it. Um, they're trying to figure out where to, f to put some containment around it. I just couldn't find any articles about it. That's what was strange. That's what I'm saying. Me. Like it's written by somebody that's completely out of his wheelhouse. Yeah, hold on. But here's one in. So here's an article by Go Hunt that was 2021, March 2021, March 4th. So a couple of months ago. And CWD confirmed in Texas County, but it's a eight and a half year old mule deer tested positive for the disease, making it the first for the county. Um, but um, yeah, I, I expected it to be a lot. If this is true, and certainly just the one post in the Huffington Post is something to, you know, just take pause about. Uh, but that's huge. It could be huge, like. Forget about the article. Let's just forget about the articles because we can't really verify it right now because uh, I can't find any others. Have you found any others, Cody? I haven't found anything. I don't like this article. Not because I'm denying the severity of CWD, but the article, essentially, you can sum this article up as there is CWD coming from these three breeders, I believe. They've confirmed that. And then from there, he just goes hypothetical on how bad it could be, right? Like, and absolutely it could be, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. the article is presented like it's a huge disaster. It, it's really not right now. It looks like Texas PwC is doing a, a, a pretty good job of tracing, containing, 
And right now it's only been found in high fence operations. It hasn't been found in a wild deer yet. Um, that part of the article pisses me off. Now, you just said, let's forget about the article. So I'll, I'm, I'm with you on that. Obviously, a massive CWD outbreak in Texas could, could be a really, really bad thing. You know, I mean, that's that's obviously could be a horrible thing and a thing that thank goodness Parks and Wildlife is on it. This guy, this uh, the author of this article, whose name I was going to say, but I cannot pronounce it. I apologize. Um, it, it's it's more the I hate the titles. Texas breeder deer may have spread brain disease into the wild, but they didn't. We We, we have no evidence of that. Um, and those things upset me, but obviously CWD is a concern nationwide, something that we need to keep our eye on. Um, I don't like how CWD has been politicized, right? Like all of a sudden the wolves are our solution to CWD. Um, and those kind of things bother me, but Texas definitely doesn't want a big outbreak. There's no doubt the way they rely on their whitetails. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, I'm not a deer hunter. So my knowledge of this is. How can you not be a deer hunter growing up in Georgia? <laughs> you know, that seems like forever ago. Um, you know, just being involved with SCI and, re- and hearing about their efforts and contributions um, on this topic. So, I mean, if somebody brought this to me, I would say. <sighs> I would refer them to safariclub.org. And there's a whole list of how they've handled the situation there. And that's that's pretty much what I would do with that, considering that this article was misleading. Yeah, certainly a misleading article. We can't find any other articles to back it up. We can't find anyone else talking about it. I can't find anything on Texas Parks and Wildlife. Um, all I can find, the majority of the article, not the majority, the, the 99% of the articles that I can find bar this one, talks about the one mule deer in which they found uh, CWD in Texas County. It has nothing, there's no mention of CWD in whitetails um, in Texas. I'm going to do one little quick Google search last to see, but... Um, Yeah, it says here uh, they have some CWD zones. Texas Parks and Wildlife Department has CWD zones. Um, it has been discovered. Is CWD like okay? I'm gonna divert this and get is okay. This is a question for Doctor Kroger, who supposedly has some education on this stuff. What's your response to me if I were to say I think CWD is being politicized and and exaggerated um as dr kroger i would say i don't think that uh i think anything well let me let me back up and say i think anything can be politicized i don't think cwd is being politicized uh not outside of this article i think that if you look at cwd in mississippi you look at cwd in other in other places it is a it is a problem it's a brain encephalopathy that is tied to mad cow disease and it's legitimate and it's true and it exists and it's formed by prions and and, and male fo- male formed and male folded proteins that are you know something you can't get rid of and they live in the ground and live in the ground forever so you know i think any issue can be politicized i don't think cwd is politicized anywhere else bar this article maybe uh but i don't see it being politicized in mississippi i don't see it being politicized um in any any other places that it, i know just i'm very familiar with cwd in mississippi but not anywhere else in terms of where it is but you know a lot of people have talked about the you know feeding of deer and banning the feeding of deer to help the the, the reduce the transmission you know, there's there's pros and cons to that argument. Um, is that a is that a politicized issue? I don't think so. Okay, I don't want to derail us anymore. We can have a CWD issue later. I think I will derail us a little bit more. I lied. I I I, I think I think it's real. 
I think it's a thing that the biologists should be worrying about. I think we should adhere to the rules that the state wildlife departments make that they have deemed will help prevent the spread of it. All of that I agree with. I think this article is, and there are multiple articles. You can Google wolves will decrease CWD. And it, 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 oh, and, yeah. and to me, that's something that people have latched on to because also by that same rhetoric, hunting would decrease CWD too, right? I mean, if you're, if you have less animals to spread the disease and I, 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 I get pounded with it so much and I guess maybe I'm spoiled because I've never been affected by it personally. Um, other than adhering to some laws and check stations and, and testing and things like that. Anyway, I don't want to spit off down a road. Anna, an opinion? She defaulted. I'm, she punted on well, this. Well, I'm with you. I'm like, it doesn't really apply to my life now. So I don't really have a take on it because I didn't think about it until you sent me this article. So, I mean, of course, it's something that needs to be addressed if it's affecting wildlife. Um, however, I have no experiences either to say this or that. Right. Right. I'm going with Anna. Go to, um, go to the SCI okay, website. That's more. my response to go, go to the SCI. Go to the SCI. If this affects you, join SCI, contribute funds to their efforts and let them save your deer. Yes. Good ending to that. <laughs> uh, we'll do one more and it's a pretty quick one. And it came to me actually today. I was tagged in an article, uh, actually tagged in a Instagram post by face and, and uh, when I say face, I do mean you, literally your face, but it's an acronym for an organization in Europe that is almost the safari club of Europe. And they interact with politicians and Congress in the, at the EU level. And there was a petition put forward, again, from the animal anti-use, anti-trade, anti-sustainability groups to remove the idea of sustainable consumption or sustainable use of wildlife and it got reversed it got reversed today so it was a, a massive plus one column win for hunting and hunters that the idea the the wording of of commercial sustainable use was put into the eu regulations as it's tied to wildlife trade uh, wildlife. yeah wildlife trade is a big deal it's a huge deal and uh, kudos to that, kudos to FACE, kudos to CIC uh, for the work that they did in Europe uh, on that, on, on our behalf as hunters around the world. That was, that's a big, big deal for us. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would feel for them, you know, my friends that are, that are over there that are shooters and hunters, you know, they've been on lockdown and, and experienced something that we haven't. I mean, I wasn't in lockdown at all. I continued to do every single thing that I would normally do. My life never changed. I traveled. I hunted, I had clinics, like I taught lessons, like it was wide open. So to go through that emotional um, suspense and just life just shut down for so long. And then to think that the one thing that they sat around and thought about that was their escape was going to be over or affected in such a negative way. I mean, I say it all the time, like, even in, in voting, I'm like, you can answer to Jesus for everything else, but we're going to keep our hunting rights. You know, like that is my priority. So I just talked with them so often on social media that I started feeling their pain. So this is a big win for them. And I'm really excited. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, we are, we are close to finishing and we typically just like to give final words, uh, Anna. You've been a tremendous roundup guest. Well, thank guest. you for the invite. Uh, we appreciate you coming. Uh, any final words? Well, I, re I really appreciate you um, inviting me because it made me take a pause and pay attention to the world that's going on around me that I usually, you know, just don't take time to, to look at. So, um, yeah, for that, I thank you. Yeah, and you're important because this week, all of the podcasts this week are strong. I don't know if you knew this or not. But every podcast this week, we have three podcasts dropping this week, and they're all strong females talking about um, misperceptions of 
females and women in the hunting industry. Oh, my favorite and topic. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we felt like it was you would be perfect to start us off for the week. And we have a, a girl, Rachel Shrewd, a uh, Rochelle. I keep calling her Rachel and she corrected me. She says, actually, I'm called Rochelle. Rochelle Shrewd, extremely intelligent individual. And the podcast that I laid down with her was fire, absolute fire. And then we have Megan Nepp. And Megan Nepp is um, a lady who has a lot of passion for the outdoors, but she was on that show for Love or Likes. You look at me like, that's good. That's a good thing that you don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I never once watched it, but I do know what it is. So are you going to tell me for love or like? Yeah. So for love or likes is an outdoor channel show where they bring five or six women to a private hunting ranch. And essentially what they're testing is whether you love hunting, you're doing it for the right reasons or you're doing it for the Instagram likes or the followers. Uh, essentially the same question that I posed yeah, to you I'm when we started. To feel this setup. Remember, remember we talked about this when we first started. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, she gave some insight to the show, which was actually quite um, insightful and also not just disturbing is too strong of a term, but eliciting drama because they said that females need drama. And so they just brought drama into it. Which is why I have my own category in life. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, you just have to listen to that podcast. And so we just thought you would be a great start off to the week to a very strong female crew this well, week. Thank so, you. No, thank you. Cody, any last words before you go find your wife in the cocktail bar? I'm scared <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Please, if, 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 yeah, here's my last word. I'm, if you guys could say a short prayer that there is not karaoke going on in there because she will be on the stage when I get in there and. It will be a mess getting her out of there. But uh, no, it was a great show. Anna, thank you very much for joining us and uh, bringing some sense to this whole operation. Um, and, and everyone should absolutely go check out your episode. It's by far one of my favorite Blood Origins episodes. Um, and uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, well, thank you. I have to say that it's uh, my favorite project, too. I've made some lifelong friends because of that. Yep. Yeah, it was a badass episode. Badass cowboy, uh, not even a cowboy hat. What is your Greeley hat? Greeley Upland hat, yes. Greeley Upland hat. Um, Freaking, we had your daughters out there. Uh, It was. It was was just a day in our normal life. Yeah, Yeah. it was. was. All right, well, have super time in Belize, Cody. Oh, I guarantee you. I mean, no matter what, I'm going to have fun. And a and, uh, lot of long, I hope my fly, my fly rod casting is good enough to reach out there because we're going to give it a heck for three days trying to catch the uh, catch the elusive tarpon and bonefish and permit down there. Cool. I'll be fine. Absolutely. Nice. Nice. Thanks, Bye. Anna. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, Do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.